ask you this. Let, let, let me ask you this. What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? Sports Central. Chicago Sports Conversation with Adam Hogue. Go, go, go. This is Sports Central. On demand and streaming live on WGNRadio.com. Welcome to Sports Central. I'm Kevin Powell in for Adam Hogue once again. I think Adam Hogue will be back sometime this year, sometime this month, sometime before baseball season starts. Joe Brand sitting in again. All, all the Redbirds were buzzing. <laughs> Flying, and, and I was like, you know what, let's bring Joe back in. Nice. He's a ratings machine for the Redbirds. We're huge in the Redbird demo. Yeah, our, uh, our ratings down in Bloomington Normal were skyrocketing. Off the charts, heard. yeah. Competing with JBC and WZND, so I'm uh, I uh, am fresh from Sox Park, 35th and Shields, Joe. We just did the media day for the White Sox. It's one of the great days of the year, and um, it was amazing. Do you want to go through the food now? Well, or you, you we know save what? This? No, I'm I'm okay with going with it now. I'm looking through your Twitter, the knuckleballs. I, I didn't even see this. Mm-hmm. I guess why don't mm-hmm. we why don't we tease? Let's just start with the food. Okay. What, what but I mean, but, but that's the thing. It's so broad. Sandwich, appetizer, dessert. I mean, it, it really does look like there was a lot. And I, I hate to say what was your favorite because I'm sure everything was a, right. a little bit special. Well, why don't I do this? I'll go through some of the new amenities they have there. We'll get to the food in a, in a few minutes. After that, that sounds good. We're going to play back an interview with uh, Cochran Head on uh, WGN this morning. Ed Fritz, he was the head coach for Clayton Custer and Bed Richardson when they were in high school. So, um, looking forward to hearing that interesting perspective as Loyola um, gets ready to head to San Antonio as they play Michigan on Saturday in the Final Four. All right, so at the Sox Media Day, we were at the Chicago Sports Depot, which is the sports store. Directly across 35th. It's right. kind of connected if you walk over that bridge. It's mm-hmm. fairly new. I would say that whole extension of the ballpark's been around for probably five years? five to ten yeah. years or so. Maybe probably closer to ten years, to be honest. But it's kind of evolved over time. Um, there's there's the Sox bar and, and um, like restaurant over there as well. So anyways, um, in the Chicago Sports Deep, Depot located near Gate Five. They have a virtual reality batting cage, and uh, some like poor White Sox intern got to demonstrate in front of like oh, a whole bunch of media how to use it. it. She did very well. Oh, she did, yeah. Okay. So basically, it's like the VR headset, uh-huh. and you put it on, and then there's a bat that connects to it, and the bat's all got sensors all over it, and it looks like it, and then it, there's a big screen so everyone can watch what you're doing yeah what you're seeing right okay fans have 90 seconds to hit as many home runs as they can and rack up points based on distance of the batted balls fans who score the most points on select nights will receive prizes oh wow Mm-hmm. The VR cage will be available to fans when the gates open during all 2018 White Sox games. Uh, it's developed by Major League Baseball because virtual reality is like everywhere. Now. And, yeah, Everybody's I'll, trying to incorporate it into something. I think the Diamondbacks are doing this yeah. as well. There's and, only a handful of ballparks, and the White Sox are one of them. Well, it's cool because this really appeases to everybody. You got kids, yeah. you got drunk adults that mm-hmm. just want to go and hit a virtual baseball as hard That'll as they can. That'll go well. The drunk guys <laughs> on their the way out. <laughs> but that's the thing. You Dude, can't... who am I? Who am I? You guessed it. Yo, I'm Moncada. <laughs> no, yeah, everyone's going to be impersonating at bats and, and batting stances. That was one of my favorite things to do in oh, college. Yeah. Would I be like, Dude, who am I right now? Who am I? Moise Salou. 
I become Ken Griffey, obviously. How did you not get that? Well, I, the computer screen's up too high. I can't see where, where your elbows are. No, I'm saying like people would never actually. No, guess I know, the ones but I I'm got. saying that was a poor Ken Griffey Jr. Stance. It was horrible. Um, the White Sox have partnered with Revolution Brewing. You a big beer drinker? I, I, one of my go-to craft beers. I don't even know if it's a craft beer, but Antihero by by Revolution. Yeah. is my, my all-time favorite. I would, I would, uh, would clarify that as a uh, as a is a craft brew. Nice it, little. Um, my IPA situation. My friends were talking about that, and the best thing about the quote in there is, well, White Sox fans like to drink beer, so we uh, <laughs> we explode. I'm not breaking any news here. Here's the quote. I'm not breaking any news here, but White Sox fans like to drink, and we've heard over and over that people appreciate a wider selection. Mm-hmm. So, you know, just, just feeding to uh, w- what sells. But it's funny how teams always keep saying that, that people want more and more, and then now I'm starting to hear, you know what, I just like a nice Miller Lite and a hot dog at the game. That's true. I mean, people that's what people want to go to. They want to go and escape and, and get a cheap beer and a cheap hot dog. And I think, the, I think having the options is nice. Like, if you're somebody who goes to a, handful, like a lot of games, you're probably going to have your go-to anyways. Like, for me, if I'm going as a fan, I know what I'm getting. I'm getting a Miller Lite and a pull of sausage. But, you know, the fourth inning, fifth inning rolls around. Like, okay, let's maybe take, let's do a lap. Let's let's do a walk around. And I'm like, cool, I'll try this or I'll try that. And sometimes people are intimidated by too many options, too. Because yeah, they, they don't know what's good. It's not like you're, you're sampling yeah, beers. Yeah, you ever been to a bar or restaurant with someone and they hand you the menu and, like, somebody, they start having an anxiety attack? Oh, yeah. Like, I hate these menus with so many options. Some people will scout the menu before we go to the place. That drives me nuts. I do that every single time you I really go really do? Yes. Absolutely. Uh, you don't want to... Do you, you like to discover the menu with the person you're with? <laughs> it depends. Like if, I was going I just, on a, if I was going on a date with someone, I wouldn't just sit down and be like, uh, I'm getting the, uh, the linguine, we're going to get the shrimp cocktail to start, and uh, maybe some tiramisu for dinner. Just for, don't even look at the menu. I'll have the number three, right. and uh, yeah, you know this. I think that would annoy... I still look at the menu, though. Like ahead of time, I'll go online and I'll like scout it out, get a feel of what the menu's about, and then when I go there, I still look at the menu. See, I like I don't don't sit down and just clean slate, element of surprise. I don't want to go in there having the slightest bit of idea what I'm going to get because I want to be entertained. You just with with the solid food choice that I that I chose, and if I if I enjoy it, then I feel like I've accomplished something. Like you you went with the right pick. Yes. Yes, See, I, I like good to, judge, judgment in a high tense situation. Yeah, I like to better my odds ahead of time by preparing. Yeah, I like working and on the doing fly. some research. I like working on the fly. That's why I didn't prepare at all for today's show. I maybe guess. maybe do a Yelp visit before I go to the restaurant. <laughs> You're one of those guys, huh? A little bit, but I don't trust the people. Have you ever written a Yelp review? No, yeah, no, neither. Have I. But I don't trust the people. Like, so I don't I don't care necessarily what the people say because I'm like, you could just be a horrible customer. Those exist. I know the customers always true. right, but some people suck at being customers and they're they're needy and they're and they're picky about stuff and they give these unrealistic views of what like they think they should be getting. So, for me, I can get a pretty good sense of what a bar or a restaurant should be by. More so of the pictures of the atmosphere of the place. I appreciate that for... Um, attire? Yes, attire, yeah. kind of setting. Are kids allowed? How's right. the music? That's right. that's good stuff. TVs. TVs so, are huge. I'm almost more interested in the atmosphere and the vibe of the whole thing rather than individual menu items. I get But that. I will say if somebody's like, if you see nothing but phenomenal reviews about a certain item on the on the menu... It might be a little fixed. No, I'm not saying that. I'm like, okay, maybe I should go Okay, with it's that. a solid choice. But for the most part, I'm not going to necessarily... If some lady's like, no, I don't know. The service wasn't great. My uh, salad wasn't the best I've had. I've totally s- like, seen I don't that care. woman in my head yeah. when reading We all it, know yeah. what she looks like. <laughs> um, 
What else? Okay, so back to Revolution Brewing Sox Social Tap Room. They're teaming up with Revolution Brewing. The social media hub has moved. Uh, so they had a social media hub on the in the 100 level. That's moved to a larger space. Been renamed Revolution Brewing Socks Social. Socks Social. Damn, that's tough to say. Tap room. The tap room will feature sock selfie spots, a kiosk for fans to redeem MLB ballpark app check-in offers, and various social media-driven activities throughout the season. Food and beverages also are available in the space. Fans can access the tap room from the stairs located near Section 157. That's cool. That's I mean, I mean, cool. They're, something they're incorporating a lot. Last year they were doing the whole, uh, the whole uh, season—not season tickets, but but individual ticket sales where mm-hmm. you can only get the opportunity on your phone. You know, it's the way things are going right now, and I think the Sox are adapting well. You said uh, you took some pictures of the actual field, the grandstands, and everything. Yeah. With the new paint, the new right. numbers it looks really good, right? Yeah, it looks it looks great. And I wish I could have a before and after because it's almost hard to pinpoint exactly what's different. But it just looks better, and it has more of a classic look to it. I agree. Rather than this, well, look, we all know when it was first built. What what uh, Sox Parks evolved into since it first opened? It's pretty incredible. I think they realized that they screwed up from the get-go, and they've made some serious, drastic changes. But if you do check my Twitter, at kpaul 720 there's a picture, and I basically was trying to point out the fact that they had moved the retired numbers. They were on the Fast aid behind home plate, up near the broadcasting booths and stuff like that. Now half the numbers are down the first baseline, half around the third baseline. But if you take a close look at it, they added some new paint, and it's almost like a dark gray or maybe even a pint of like forest green. Yeah, I was going to say a dark green look. Like a dark green, right? Um, and, and, you know, that's the old school look. That's, that's what, what I mean. Comiskey it almost it like. almost feels a little like the like that's the Wrigley charm, right? That it has that dark, right. a lot, lot of green. You know, the steel is painted in green. It just kind of has that old school vibe to it. I, I think a lot of that started for the Sox was when they put in green seating. Yep. Remember they had that light blue that looked just... Yeah, bad, when, when uh, the new Comiskey was first built, it was I remember a, in, in it was grammar a blue. School, yeah, right. I remember in grammar school getting in an argument with my friend saying the seats were blue. He's like, "No, they're green now," and and you're right. It's just everything is very clean, very modern, and it looks very uniformed. Flush. Yeah, exactly. And and it's got it's got a good twist of of old school, but still a, a modern ballpark setting. And now the numbers that are retired down the lines. They kind of got a, a 3D look. Is that what it always was? I, I can't no, really remember. Before it was just I painted, it, right? Yeah, it looked horrible before. And I always thought that. I never really said that, but it, it just looked kind of cheap. But now it has definitely yeah, like sort of a defined look to it. And now they can spread it out when they get more. Yeah, it looked, it looked awkward where it was before. Um, Although, who's the next White Sox number to be retired? Um, well, Juan Uribe should have his number retired. That'd, that'd be cool. Maybe Ozzie Guillen? <laughs> Ooh, that's an interesting one. I'd have to pull up the list of who is and isn't retired. Well, Burley's retired. Canerco's retired. Yeah, Burley and Canerco are obviously the most recent. Chris Sale? I doubt that. Not enough years, right? I agree. He never won 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 a Cy Young. Well, I I, I, I would put my money on Guillen unless... Ozzy? Yeah. Okay. I mean, just just the fact a former player, first World Series, just a lot ties into it. I can get behind that. Fans love him. Yeah, fans to this day still want him back as a manager. <laughs> well, that's just... many other fans do. And and you know what's funny? I mean, too. Bears fans want Dicka back, so it's well, exactly because only, says, only says, says a lot some White Sox fans want fans. AJ Pruszynski to be the manager, though. Too the way baseball's going now, where it's like younger <laughs> you look. Aaron Boone hadn't managed, hadn't coached. He's Craig Council broadcast booth right to the freaking Yankees yeah. dugout. That's and, what that's what they want now. It seems like 
But, you know, Joe Madden's one of the oldest in baseball, and he's arguably the best manager in baseball. Him and Bochy. It's just, it, it is. It's a, it's a weird way that, that the game is going now, and I think the main factor of it is to get a good mix of young and old, get a good mix of running a clubhouse and using sabermetrics, but not too many, and being able to deal with so many personalities, and, and they feel like guys like Aaron Boone and like, uh, I, I keep bringing up Craig Council because he's another guy that, that hadn't managed before, hadn't yeah. coached, and even Robin Ventura. I mean, he was just a former player. He and that, one, that one did not work out It well. did not work out that well, but it's just, it's, it's really surprising how organizations spend so much time, so much money, so much uh, energy into their minor league system, building up players and, and doing everything right and creating roles for guys like a quality control coach right just to make right. sure the mentality right. in the clubhouse is okay but then managers are guys who have never managed before yeah it's it's a little surprising that way obviously obviously it's it's worked out in a couple of ways i think it's some ways because it, it is sort of a general manager's game now it is. where the general managers dictate almost more than a manager does um not necessarily directly it's not like they're phoning in directions during a game but in terms of constructing a team and probably even preparing. I mean, Madden talks about it, how much information he gets handed from Theo and Jed. And, they have a and, lot and, more control of yeah. the way they want to present the team and, and the organization. Because they know analytics. And if a manager, that old school, like, curmudgeon manager who you don't even really see in baseball much anymore, who is, you know, um, stubborn on just doing, you know, too much bunting or too much right. stealing or the way you're constructing your lineup every day. And the managers are the ones who decide who they're going to sign to anyways, who they're going to trade. I'm sure you, you factor in your manager's decision, but, um, you know, so... Yeah, I mean, you've got the younger guys making the bigger decisions and the managers handling the baseball type things. Uh, David Stern... Well, that, that, that's what, I guess that's the point I was getting at. The guys that work directly with mechanics and things like that who have seen so much, like a Chili Davis comes in right. and he's seen so many different batters and the different mechanics and the different things that go into his swing. Well, those guys are working directly technically with a player. Mm-hmm. In many ways, Madden's almost there as sort of a mentor, father figure, right. leader. Um, decision maker still right. though too. still a decision maker but I think that's why you can go the the youth route there a little bit more because you basically need that guy to to just put the arm around the player right. or guide them in a certain direction of course they're going to add a little tweak here and there but in some ways the the uh, assistant coaches I guess hitting coaches the guys who are working directly with players probably are going to have that experience matters more there I think is what baseball teams are going with it's a it's a great ra- ra- time rather than being able to have that likeness and personality and connecting with a younger generation that's more the manager's job anyways and madden does it too because madden's like a ageless soul the right. guy's awesome you know people always ask, who's the coolest cub man i'm like madden's the coolest cub he's cooler than all the freaking yeah. players he's the guy's awesome so i totally see where he can connect with with the players where then you can insert the veteran coaches into the one-on-one instructional mechanical etc etc it's just a great time to be a baseball coach because there's so many opportunities there's so many jobs available in every organization right now from the minor leagues up to the majors that's a good point like like i said they're creating positions for these guys because i think teams and organizations are really realizing how mental the game is and they just want to make sure everyone is loose everyone is cool there's no hostility whatsoever and they're going to bring in whoever they can to make that happen a couple more features at Guaranteed Rate Field before we're going to get to this interview with um, 
with uh, Ed Fritz. He was the high school basketball coach for Clayton Custer and Ben Richardson. And I think he'll have a, a pretty great perspective on those guys and the current run they're on. Because those two kids have played together for pretty much their whole lives and they've done nothing but win. So uh, he was on with Steve Cochran and Dave Bennett this morning. We're going to play that back in just a couple of minutes. But, uh, before, and then after that, we'll get into even more baseball talk. Joe and I are going to kind of preview the, the White Sox season and the Cubs season. And then we'll finish talking about Sox Media Day where I tried all the new food and it was awesome. But a couple other features at Guaranteed Rate Field, the Craft Cave Express. The Craft Cave is a really cool spot. It's down the first base line. And if you've ever noticed, it's the wired fence in right field for the Sox. But then there's benches out there, and there's always people hanging out there. But behind that is the Craft Cave. It's a huge bar. And I don't think, I'm glad they redid it last year and kind of reamped it and relaunched it because it's such a cool spot where you can still see the field, but it's like a full blown sports bar in there. Is and it on the concourse? No, it's below the concourse, by, essentially. By, like, right field? By, like, the right field core, the right foul line, okay. uh, the foul pole. Right, 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 right. Where there's almost, like, a little trench where people are sitting behind the, the fencing. Yeah, I know what you're and talking then behind about. that little patio area is the craft cave. Is it, like, chilled? Is it one of those things you got to bring a parka? Or it's, it, co- it's cool down there. It, it just But just the right amount of cool, not, not too frigid. <laughs> right. Okay. Kevin, isn't that next to the bullpen? Yes, right. Yeah. And you that's, can actually see, you can exactly see, yeah, yeah. It's a cool spot. If you're ever looking to just walk around and like just change the scenery or whatever, um, it's a cool spot. But um, fan, uh, the fans can now browse nearly 50 different craft beer selections at this newly renovated location near Section 542. So basically, it's the Craft Cave Express because they have a ton of craft beers. I think it was like 80 or something when we went toward it last year. And they have right. All these different burgers and stuff you can get there. Um, so now they have a new Express at Section 542 if you're looking for more craft beer. A new feature, extended netting. Remember when this was a thing and people were so like, oh, I don't know, man. They're, they're going to put the netting like around the whole thing. We can't see the field now. Yep. You, don't even, you don't even notice it at all. How far does it reach? And end of the dugouts. I'm I'm a big advocate of this. So just, am I. Just because I mean, well, yeah, you you watch just as much as of baseball as I do, if not more. And it, it's not a matter of being a tough guy, and it's not a matter of staying focused on the game. You can look down at your phone, which everyone does, right? For right, right, two right. seconds. Yep, yep. Put your head up, and all of a sudden, well, that that was my argument. People are like, you should be watching the game. Nobody. Not even the players, not even the manager watches every second of every single game. It's impossible. You could be with your buddy and look to your left to say something to him, look to your right, and a ball could be coming at you. You could even have a glove. You could even have a glove. So for for this argument that you need to be dialed into the game, okay, yeah, people probably are a little bit less dialed in now than they used to be because of phones, but... Even if there weren't any cell phones, people would still be distracted. You'd be talking to somebody, you'd be yelling for a beer, you'd exactly. be yelling and for a I hot dog. I was just going to say that that everyday baseball fan that orders a beer, how do you order a beer? You look to your side, you talk to yeah. the beer guy, you re- reach into your wallet, grab some money, that's exactly what's going to happen. It's a no-brainer. Uh, you know. and, and when players reserve seats for their family and their kids, they ask to get behind home plate because that's where the screen is. Right. They they ask they want their friends and family to be safe. Yeah. So why not make that uh, a necessity for everyone? There's a new grab and go section at 142. It'll offer a variety of ready to eat items including sweet and salty snacks as well as healthy food items. It'll serve beer, Coca-Cola products and juices. I kind of like that cuz there's not enough grab and go if you just want something quick. That's true. It's it sounds like it's just like a little 
a little lunchable, a little or, like deli type thing, is, like a little. Are the healthy foods uh, one of them being the salads that Dave Ennett got today? <laughs> no, I think that salad actually is um, club level. Let me see here. Yeah, oh, you gotta be. It's a stadium club. If you want to eat healthy, you gotta be oh, the club. Okay, you know that, make, how it is. that makes sense. And then the Xfinity Kids Zone rebranded Xfinity Kids Zone at G, uh, guaranteed rate. Mm, base, so that's basically the same thing, but. Um, you know, that's the one out in left field. The big patio kids can go up yeah. there. It's like a mini baseball field. So um, there's some new LED ribbon boards that have been installed around the ballpark facade. Um, what else? What else? What else? And then this, the Sports Depot, which I mentioned earlier, has kind of been renovated. It's just it's just a cooler feeling there. There's some old, like, White Sox photos and images and stuff like that. So That's not good news for my friend. My friend always goes to Sox games and gets... Basically hammered and goes in the sports. Goes in the sports. Oh god, is missing for about three innings. There's some awesome stuff. And comes in there. back with a personalized T-shirt, <laughs> a, a hat, yeah. a glove, a bat, and we're like, "Where did you go?" He's like, "I don't even want to talk. I, got, I want to go home. <laughs> I spent too much money already." Yeah, I ended up buying some stuff today. Niece and nephew are coming to town for Easter. I'm like, this, good, is, this is perfect. That's good. Stock them up on a little White Sox gear for opening day. All right, so that's a little preview of uh, some of the new amenities at Guaranteed Rate Field. We'll get into the food a little bit later, and we'll actually talk some baseball. Uh, we'll talk about the Sox roster and the Cubs roster, and maybe, Joe, if you have some question marks for both teams heading into the year, uh, a lot more question marks for the White Sox. This is this is an important year for them, and of course it is for the Cubs too, but I don't think there's a whole ton of question marks for them right now. It's Not just really. sort of wait and see how things shake out. Um, but we do want to get to this interview. Ed Fritz, uh, head basketball, high school basketball coach for Clayton Custer and Bed Richardson, two of the stars of the Loyola Ramblers, uh, joined Steve Cochran and Dave Ennett this morning to talk about his two former players. High school coach Ed Fritz, who joins us now, legendary basketball coach in his own right. Good morning, coach. Hey, good morning. Hey, thanks for having me. How proud are you of those guys? Uh, I am really proud and uh, really happy. And uh, by the way, Clayton could not dunk in uh, third grade, but he could uh, he could hit threes uh, <laughs> like he was breathing. <laughs> Ed Fritz been at Blue Valley Northwest High for, what, is it almost 20 years? I just finished my 16th year here yes. at Northwest. Well, let's round up. And uh, tell me about these kids as high schoolers. How good were they? Well, you know, I just got so lucky. Uh, I have a son the same age as uh, Ben and Clay, so we, uh, 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 Ben's dad, Dave, and I started a team in third grade, and I not only got to coach them all the way through uh, elementary school and middle school, and then they uh, were at Northwest, and I got to coach them in high school. So they were uh, just great kids to be around, and we had so much fun. Now, they won two championships for you, did they not? Yes, they went to. Uh, uh, they, they played in four straight championships. We took second the uh, their freshman and sophomore years, and we were able to win it the, their junior and senior year. So the the Tennessee game, Custers gets the winning shot on a shot that will forever be known as the bounce. Where were you when that shot went in? You know, I was uh, um, uh, had a great seat right down the, towards the front and. Uh, uh, it was just really uh, kind of kind of great because uh, he came off the court and I was there and got to hug him and ah, that's great. Uh, and the cameras were on us the whole time and so that kind of they they kind of Ben and Clay have kind of got a kick out of uh, making me talk to people and interview with people because, you know <laughs> great at, uh, at talking but they, we kind of we kind of shared a good laugh about it but it was just such a good moment and to be able to share it with them uh, was really uh, was really special now. 
I don't want to put you on the spot here, Coach, but is it is it true that you went to Dallas expecting to be there for just one game? Didn't bring enough clothes. Yeah, I didn't bring clothes, and I just wanted to be part of it. And I was going to head back after the game, and uh, uh, you know, both of them just said, "Hey, you got to stay, Coach." And so I stayed and, and went and got some clothes, <laughs> and was able to uh, able to be to, to the next game and see that one shot. So you had to go clothes shopping so you could stay in town. Yes, I did. I was happy to do it. The great thing is when you're a coach is you can go to the Steve Cochran clothing line. You know, uh, sweats, shorts, Mm -hmm. you know, a golf shirt, whatever. You know, you can go casual. I'm a gym teacher, so that's my attire anyway. Yeah, Yeah, totally. I get it. Uh, So let's talk for a second about what's going to happen this weekend. These kids seem so level-headed, and they seem so ready for their big moment. Yeah, are they feeling extra pressure? Or are they just so happy they're there? They're just going to continue to cruise. You know, I, I think they're just enjoying it. I think they're just uh, having fun uh, watching Ben um, get interviewed after the game and see how composed he was and how was he, he was able to, uh, uh, you know, talk about how, uh, you know, he's part of something special about the academics at uh, Loyola. They're just really well-rounded kids. And uh, I think they're going to be fine. I think they they, they know that, uh, uh, you know, growing up, uh, these two kids never passed the eye test. People would look at them and say, oh, these guys have nothing. And then they just would prove them wrong once the game started. And I think they got a little chip on their shoulder about that. And, and uh, so they'll be ready to go Saturday. Clayton Custer, Steve, went to Iowa State and played one year there for Fred Hoiberg, now the coach of the Bulls, and uh, and Ben Richardson came here to Loyola. Were you surprised, Coach, that they both ended up together in college once uh, Clayton decided to move on? Uh, you know, I'm really not. Uh, once, they, uh, once Clayton decided that he was going to transfer, I know Ben was his uh, first call, and, and Ben kind of told him, Hey, we got a really good situation here. We got a great coach, and we're gonna we're gonna get better and better. And and uh, I think his first visit was to Loyola, and he just loved it. Loved it. he loved the city of Chicago, and uh, I think that sold it for him. And, and uh, it's sure proven to be a good fit for him and Loyola and Chicago. In in sixteen years, I'm sure you've had players achieve success at different levels of the game have you and i think you had a player at kansas state also on saturday playing against these guys but have you had players in the final four before i have not um i had one in the sweet 16 a few years ago but have not had anybody uh, in the final four and we've been lucky enough to be pretty good the last couple of years to win a state championship and we got some kids up going to division one but nothing like the success been in place now you gotta be on cloud nine man that's great uh, it, it's it's just a it's a great feeling and it's just uh, fun and, and uh, you know Ben and Clay come from great families and, and they're just uh, they're just so excited you know sharing another moment with them and uh, can't wait for it to continue. It's a good inspiration for uh, kids listening who are getting into Loyola and getting into college basketball. A lot of folks only pay close attention during March Madness, but Coach, every time I've seen it's Coach Ed Fritz again, every time I've seen you referenced about these guys, you keep saying they put the work in, they put the work in. So were these guys natural athletes, gifted athletes, or did they have to go the extra mile to get there? Well, they both go on the extra mile. Uh, to be honest, Clay, um, when Clay was born, he was a, a good player. He, uh, uh, I saw him win a national three-point contest in, in uh, third grade. Uh, he was just, uh, you know, was unbelievably fast with the basketball and could shoot it. 
Ben was all arms and legs in third and fourth grade. <laughs> and he just started developing and growing and growing. But the thing that, you know, they just put in the time. Um, you know, at high school, I'd come in in the morning, and these guys would already be in here shooting for an hour or two. And they always would stay late and work. And I think the work ethic is what set them up. And after that game against Tennessee, you know, I had a lot of people ask me, you know, you ever seen Clayton do that before? And, and they asked Ben the same thing. And we both said, yeah, we've seen him do it a lot of times. So, uh, you know, it's special, but, you know, they, they prepared for the moment. And being prepared really helps you. They got any younger siblings coming up? I wish. But, <laughs> uh, uh, they're, 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 they're the last ones uh, in their family. And uh, so, uh, uh, I don't think I'm going to have, uh, in high school, we went 94 and 6. For four years, wow. with those guys. And, How about that? Ninety-four, uh, 94 six. six. Yeah, it's just a great run, and I'll never experience that again. Even though I've we won the last two state championships, but it hasn't been like that because this this has been really special. All right, here's the big question, Coach. Did you get to meet Sister Jean? I have uh, got to meet Sister Jean, and uh, I talked to her. Had a great talk. In fact, I uh, um, put something out on Twitter that Sister Jean and I are going to talk about start a talk show and instead of talking all <laughs> talk uh, 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 she is just great she's got she's so sharp and she's so uh she's unbelievable uh, i got i got to meet her this last summer too when i took my team to a camp in chicago and uh what a thrill the, the kids on the team just love her so much and uh um she's such a good inspiration and what a great story you know about the trash talking going on with jalen rose's grandmother and her I do not know that. Oh, you got to hear this, Coach. Stand by. Uh, Super Joe, uh, play for the coach what Jalen Rose's grandmother said about the Michigan-Loyola game <laughs> this weekend. Stand by, Coach, and check this out. Gene, it's been a good ride, but it's over Saturday. Go Blue, 100. <laughs> so coach just to review that's a hundred year old trash talking a 98 year old well that's i'm still got my money on sister g yeah there i agree and here's the thing and dave and i uh, talked about this the last thing you want at the uh, senior home is bulletin board material in the cafeteria that's right you know what i'm saying yeah exactly right Coach, thanks for doing coming on. I know this is not your favorite part of your job, but it's uh, great to be a, able to talk about these kids that have meant so much to you for so many years, and you're a heck of a spokesman for them. So I hope you're uh, – yeah, where are you going to be watching the game this weekend? I'm, uh, I'm going to leave Thursday and, and drive down there, and I'll, I'll be uh... – I'll be waiting for my hug after the game. So. Yes, sir. Like that. All right, Coach, I hope it, I hope it goes as well as we think it's going to. Stand by. There you go. Coach Ed Fritz. Coach French with Steve Cochran and Dave Ennett this morning on WGN. Good stuff there. Get the interview at WGNRadio.com. Uh, get all Steve's podcasts there. Um, and uh, Nothing says March Madness like a couple of elderly women just going at it. You know? I love it. I love it. Great stuff. Jalen Rose and Sister Jean got a little beef right now. So uh, looking forward to that. That's going to be a whole ton of fun Saturday. We're going to take a quick time out. We come back, Joe and I, because it's, it's opening week, Joe. I'm pumped, man. I was at the ballpark today. I'm ready to watch some baseball. Me too. The the weather's somewhat there, halfway there, I guess. Temperature wise. Temperature wise, it's it's decent enough. And yeah, I mean, fortunately, both teams are kicking off the year on the road, which was 
I mean, we've, we've had spring training for a month now, and guys like you and I, we watch a ton. We actually go out there and see some. So it's mm-hmm. somewhat felt like baseball season. Yeah. But that grind. But now I want it to be real. Right, that real so. grind that's, that's about to come. I'm out. ready for it. We're going to preview uh, both teams. We'll kind of talk about what's we're looking for this season, any question marks we may have with the White Sox and Cubs next on Sports Central. What? Um, yes! What? Um, no! What? Let me think, let me think. Yeah! Good talk, Coach. Thanks. Maybe we should stick the radio. He's got a point. <laughs> Chicago Sports Conversation. This is Sports Central with Adam Hogue. Kevin Powell in for Adam Hogue. Joe Brand also sitting in for the second straight day. Couple Redbirds with you. Adam Hogue will be back tomorrow from his trip. Looking forward to seeing Adam again. And uh, I'm sure he'll have plenty of baseball talk. Adam, the new one of two new postgame hosts for the White Sox on WGN. He and Mark Harmon will share those duties this upcoming season. Joe Brands in studio. I'm Kevin Powell. Thanks for joining us on Sports Central. We wanted to do sort of a uh, full season preview, I guess we can call it. I don't know if we're going to have time to get um, too, too crazy into depth. But um, let's start with the Cubs, though, Joe. Joe, by the way, the voice of the Kane County Cougars. Have we talked about that? A little bit. Not at all? Yeah. All right. So for the Cubs, the uh, I guess if we're going to look at and nitpick at any question marks here for the Cubs, because it's, it's, it's a, a full and complete roster, I guess my reservations would be still not completely sold on the bullpen. And I'm not all that worried about the leadoff spot. I know Cub fans, for some reason, seem fixated on who's going to be the leadoff man. When there probably isn't going to be a leadoff man, quote-unquote leadoff man. It's going to be a rotation of players, and I think that's just fine. It's going to be Ian Happ. It's going to be Albert Elmora. It's going to be Ben Zobrist. Maybe we even see Schwarber a little bit. I'm curious in your thoughts on the leadoff spot, Joe, because I don't really have any worries when it comes to that slot, although I think I think what happened is, is people saw it go from one extreme to the other. We saw Dexter Fowler two years ago who was just, just raked at the leadoff spot. Everything It was you go, we go, we know the whole story. The offense was driven by Fowler at the top. And then last year it was a complete disaster because they opted to go with Kyle Schwarber at the leadoff spot for a large chunk of the season, and nobody really ever settled in on that spot except for Anthony Rizzo. Um, and had a little bit of Wilson Contreras, too. Yes, a little bit of that. Well, I think, I think that's the biggest thing is you never see a baseball team have inconsistency at the leadoff spot, let alone a good baseball team, let alone a great baseball team. And I think that's what made so many Cub fans just kind of go haywire last year because Madden was so fixated on having Kyle Schwarber lead off. This is the way we're going to go. It's not old-school baseball anymore. Why do you want to put a guy like Kyle Schwarber to lead off? His reasoning was, he's your best hitter, so let's get him his most at bats as possible, which makes sense. Right. But how can't you make that same argument with a guy like Chris Bryant or a guy like Anthony Rizzo? Exactly. And a perfect storm happens. Kyle Schwarber just cannot hit the ball like he did in a shortened season of 2016. If you want to break down the the mechanics of him, it just really looked like he was trying to pull everything, trying to yank everything. Going down to AAA actually did help him out. Um, but I think them going into it this year... And the Cubs not knowing who's going to lead off. And if they go in with the mindset of, we'll figure it out as we go along, then there's not too much pressure on one certain guy. And I think the top favorite that came out of the spring training was Ian Happ Mm -hmm. because of how well of a spring training he's had. But there's a lot of Albert Almora fans out there. 
me being one of them. Yeah. Uh, just, and I, I kind of agree with you. If you're going to have Hap, if you're going to have Almora, if you're going to have Zobrist, those are all good choices. And I think if the Cubs have a platoon in the leadoff spot, if that can work, then then just go with that. The fact that they went in with Kyle Schwarber, this is our guy. There's no way because how many times did Madden back himself up even when Schwarber was struggling last year? And what resulted? He went to down to AAA. So that's not a guy you can have leading off consistently. So I think going into it this year, it's, it's a little bit of a better approach. With it being a little bit of an unknown. Yeah, and Cub fans are, I feel like, are all in on Ian Happ and Albert Elmore, just like you. So I'm, I'm curious this season to see if either one of those guys forces Madden's hand and... Madden starts cutting into Hayward's playing time in right field. So we're getting into year three here. And I get the argument of keeping Hayward out there. He's a hell of a defender. He basically shuts down right field. And the Cubs' offense is normally good enough to cover for his issues at the plate. I know they were better last year compared to two seasons ago, but they still weren't very good. And he's making more mechanical adjustments and whatever, blah, blah, blah. We've heard the same story now from Hayward the past three years. I'm just curious if, okay, they kind of – they all kind of get together and like, okay, these are two important key players moving forward. We got to be careful that we're not limiting their experiences or limiting at bats or limiting reps in outfield. Like, do you could you see them potentially cutting into Hayward's time? This I can, year? I can, because I think the notion of Jason Hayward needs to play every day because of how much money he's making and how much defensively he helps out the Cubs is is no longer a story. I think it's the fact that he cannot hit the ball. Like you said, he did improve. I mean, a two fifty nine batting average in, in 2017, that's awfully a lot better than two. He did have a positive war. He did. But much of that's it, defensive. But the thing is, going into this year, and it's somewhat similar to the Schwarber leading off situation, not not Schwarber's all-around bat, Not nobody's relying on Jason Hayward. Everyone wants him to get better. Everyone wants him to improve and become the hitter that the Cubs thought he would be. But nobody's relying on that to happen. Unfortunately, it's almost like the cherry on top if it happens at this point. Exactly, and it's it's you're right. It's an overcrowded outfield, You've which got, is a good problem to have. It is. It's been nothing but basically good problems for the Cubs over the past couple of years. But the, the unfortunate the unfortunate thing is the two odd men out in some sense are Ian Happ and Albert Almora because they are not the players that have the everyday. Uh, I guess, expectancy from the front office and the coaching staff at this moment. They'd like to see if they can get to that point. But again, they're log jammed with Jason Hayward in right and a little bit of Kyle Schwarber in left. So I would like to see Albert Elmora get a, a daily basis because he's a guy I think can be the everyday player. Ian Happ is more of a so much of a utility role. You can use him in the infield if you need to. You can use him in left, right, or center. But Elmora is just so solid and complete defensively. He hits well against lefties. He's just definitely that speed guy you could use at the top of the lineup, even if that is an old way of thinking of a of a baseball lineup. But I, I just I really would like to see Albert Elmore get a lot more playing time this year. We're on the doorsteps of opening day, Joe. Top of mind for you, Joe Brand. Going into the Cubs season, the 2018 Cubs. What are you first thinking of? Whether it's a whether it's a question mark or whether it's a level of excitement. Well, I mean, you mentioned the leadoff spot, but I, I really think another big part is the the bullpen. I mean, the main reason they got as far as they did in the postseason was because of Wade Davis. And the way the playoffs are Arguably work- the MVP last year. Oh, yeah, 100%. 100%. And, and th- that's the thing. Baseball these days, in the postseason, everything relies on your bullpen. Because I don't know what it is with, with managers just 
getting so antsy about yanking guys and, and making a change just to not have that hindsight. But apparently now, late-inning relievers are so huge in postseason baseball. Mm. I do like what the Cubs did because of this. They don't have... I mean, Brandon Morrow is going to be the closer. That That's the plan. But he doesn't have to be the closer. You do have Steve Ciszek. You do have Mike Montgomery. You do have C.J. Edwards. Why not maybe go a platoon route there? Not not so much every single time, but it's shown that in the postseason you need your late-inning guys. You need guys who can shut down the ball game in the most intense situation. So why not give these quote-unquote closers a bit of a breather throughout the regular season, keep them a little bit more fresh, and have somewhat of a late-inning bullpen by committee? I don't want to say closing committee by committee, but give these guys more time, more rest, so that they're more available to get everything done in the postseason. I still don't trust C.J. Edwards. Until he can throw strikes consistently, I don't have any trust in him. Yeah, in the postseason, I would totally agree with you there. We know the sort of stuff he has, and it's dominant. Mm -hmm. We saw it in the postseason. We'd come in and three up, three down, nasty stuff, and then the next game he can't throw a strike. A hanger to to Bryce Harper that went bye-bye very, very quickly. I remember that one, yeah. I mean, I I do like the moves they made. I like how they didn't totally sell out on Wade Davis. See, I think they should have re-signed I, I remember you saying that. Because I, he projects long-term. He's not a guy that's just a thrower. He knows how to pitch. He's got four pitches in his arsenal. The guy understands it. He gets it. What was his deal with Colorado? Four years? There's a f- there's a four-year vesting option, I believe. But it's three years, and it's large enough. I mean, when it comes down to it, it's it's obviously the money. I, I get why you say that. I do I'm not surprised. Well, that how much didn't. better would you feel if you had Davis and oh, Morrow 100%, in the hundred percent, hundred percent. It would be. It would be like this team has, has has zero weaknesses right now, as if they already don't. But you know, I mean, it, with Davis and Morrow, it's, it's almost punch it's, 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 it's almost unfair. Yeah. I mean, that's that's basically Morrow and Jansen. It, it, it essentially is. I, but I again. It, <laughs> You make the argument they got to look into the future. I guess you can't really say that with with the giant contract to you, Darvish. But I mean, starters are more valuable than closers. And do you have a win total projection and uh, a long term projection here? I'm never I'm never good with those things. But honestly, Kev, I mean, th- they look really freaking good. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's no surprise, but it's just the rotation is just so solid, so complete coming into this year more so than last year. Uh, you know a lot more things with guys like Jason Hayward, uh, Addison Russell, Kyle Schwarber. The Ian Happ situation, I did kind of want to bring it up. Uh, great article by Sahad of Sharma of The Athletic. Have you seen some of the things that Ian Happ is doing, like specifically what he's trying to improve on? One is, I mean, he's a switch hitter. He's trying to work on his uh, right-handed hitting, which will be against left-handers, which... Almora is so good at. So he's almost trying to up his value in that regard against Almora. He's working on agility training. He's he's making his body more of a center fielder and able to cover a lot of ground throughout a long season of time. He's trying to beat Albert Almora in that position. That's what I gathered from that article. I, I could be way off, but it just seems like this guy is just so focused on being the guy for the Chicago Cubs this year. That's the kind of mindset that every team wants, and I really think that could pay off dividends for them this year. You've already seen what he's able to do in spring training. 92 wins for the Cubs last year, so 93, 94, 95 wins. Did you go that far? I mean, the division has has improved I, I guess so. Yeah, I, I, I'm. T- 
totally speaking optimistically here, but I, I just they they have improved so much from last year is what I've gathered. I everything last season was reflecting on a championship, and I'm not saying this is a bad thing or what they did wrong, but all the talk was reflecting on, on the first World Series in 108 years. So now it was tinkering and improving, and I just really like the approach they went. And it's just really hard to see them do worse. Got to figure they'd have more than 92 wins. But I think it's pretty safe to say that uh, we're all in on the fact that they're probably going to win the division again. Yeah. Likely heading back to the NLCS. Okay, that's Cubs talk. Let's do a little White Sox action here. Um, for me, I guess the biggest thing we're all obviously keeping an eye on is individual growth this year. Yoan Moncada, what's he going to do in his first full season? Lucas Giolito was damn impressive in the spring. He's, to me, he was probably the guy who stood out the most to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess let's go back to what I initially asked you with the Cubs. Do you think 2018 White Sox, what's the first thing that comes top of mind to you? Well, definitely uh, what guys are able to do in their first full season. You mentioned Yoan Mankata, uh, Lucas Giolito, Carson Fulmer. I mean, those are three pivotal guys of this organization that – are really going to rely on how successful the team is in the next coming years. You said it, Lucas Giolito had a fantastic spring. I got the numbers right here, a 204 ERA, 17 strikeouts, four walks, 17 innings, and he's just taken the media by storm with with his personality and his way to to be well-versed with everybody. And that's a guy that you really would like to see at the top of the rotation, just to have it mentally there. And he's talked about having... You know, a quick, uh, what, what's an easy, forgetful memory when when things go wrong and when things go well. I like his body frame. He, he's a big guy, but he's not too big. He's not as lanky as as a Chris Sale type. But it's just he just seems like he really has it all together. Unfortunately, we're not going to be able to see what happens until the year starts. Carson Fulmer is a guy I could maybe see going back to AAA uh, after a few outings yeah, this I'm year. Yeah, I'm interested to see if that's going to happen. It's been a, a lot of command issues with Fulmer this spring, and he kind of bounced back a little bit in his last couple starts. But, you know, I don't know for a guy like that how much it benefits bouncing back and forth between AAA. I mean, right. He's going to get rocked. I, I like the idea of keeping Hector Santiago as basically their swingman. He's the White Sox version of Mike Montgomery, mm-hmm. where he's going to give them long inning relief out of the bullpen, but he can also spot start if they want to give one of these younger guys arm, arms a rest. Um, Fulmer's, Fulmer's the guy I'm most anxiously waiting to see what happens with him this season, particularly early on, because didn't have the best spring, mm-hmm. and you can't put a whole lot of stock in the spring. We've said that over and over and over again. But um, a lot of command issues. So I'm really, really interested to see how Fulmer starts his season, and I'm interested to see how long of a leash the White Sox have for him. They're going to say, well, we'd rather just keep you up here. We're not trying to win games anyways. If it is about individual player growth, is it better just to have him around and have Don Cooper in his ear instead of bouncing back and forth? So uh, that's one of the things I'm really interested to see is how Carson Fulmer um, responds to getting the fifth starting spot and not being demoted. Maybe that helps him out a little bit. I don't think it's a confidence issue anyways with him, but can't hurt to know I that agree. Much, uh, he, he seems like he's got a very solid head on his shoulders. He does, yeah. And, and the other thing is the timing might work out so well for him in the White Sox this year because a lot of people think he's he's better suited as a reliever. So why not give him this year to see what he can do in the rotation? You mentioned the command issues. I mean, he's still got the stuff, though. So why not just give him a no-pressure situation 
pitching for this White Sox rebuilding team this year. See how he does in the long run. Maybe test him out in the bullpen a little bit. Just just get him out there and see how he's able to transition to that type of role. Uh, you look at his track record, though. I mean, he's from Vanderbilt. The White Sox are always great at grooming pitchers. Yeah. So you really don't see why he can't succeed. But it almost seems like the timing of this year could work out best to his benefit. That's White Sox talk. That's Cubs talk. And I've been teasing it all show that I would get to the food review of some of the new items at Sox Park because it was media day today and I was out there. And I want to go through the rundown of some of the stuff. And I didn't try every single thing on this new food offerings list for guaranteed rate field, but I did try pretty much all of the hot items, not basically all of the non-dessert items I tried. Buffalo chicken empanada. Pulled chicken served with a spicy buffalo sauce, four cheese mix, and queso blanco dip. That's in the club level and in the sweets. That sounds fantastic, not only because of, of everything you just described, but it's always great to have the easy eat foods at the ball game. Yep. I'll get to that. That's a good point. <laughs> That's a good point. Uh, big fan of the empanadas. Was a little worried about them. Empanadas... When they're when they're bad, they're like they're bad. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like if the crust has been non crispy, or if it's been sitting out under a heat lamp, it yep. gets almost rubbery. It gets weird. It's like flaky in all the wrong spots. Uh, this was really good. If you get a chance to to eat it, um, I would go all in. Many of these are strictly stadium and club level. In fact, all of these ones I'm about to go through are strictly club level and suite level. Unfortunately, um, the knuckleballs. Which I was a big fan of because I did feel like they had that convenience where you could basically Mm -hmm. walk around. The knuckleballs are provolone stuffed dough balls served with Parmesan garlic butter and house-made pajola sauce. Club level and stadium club. So basically, it's just a dough ball, and they just it's you bite into it. It's a it's, mini pizza puff, if you will, sort of. Yeah, but it's only cheese in it. The pizza, only there's no cheese. sauce. Okay. There's no sauce in it, but they have the sauce to dip. I was, I was, I thought those were really strong. I'm looking at your picture now. So it's little cheese balls, it's like, like a little mozzarella sticks. Yeah, it's like yeah. a mozzarella stick, but in ball form. That's that's to to dumb it down. No, they they do look fantastic, and I do like the fact that it is easy to just you can just grab those and pop them in. Uh, the the <laughs> pop them in. Pozzoli right. salad bowl. Call Dave Ennett on that one. That's the salad Dave was eating as the rest what, of us. What, now, I'm a it's big just, salad it, guy. What, what is You're there? a big salad guy? <laughs> well, that, that could mean two things. I like big salads, and yeah, I do like... I, I mean, I, I eat salads it. all the time, but only because making sure I don't gain weight. It's not like I like salad. Well, I I can I can enjoy a, a good salad. Well, I mean, it, it but it's got to I mean, be I dressed en- up. I can enjoy salads, too. Yeah, I mean, I during the weekdays, I normally eat salads for lunch, and then... You know, stuff just my face hate, on the weekends. just hate yourself while, while you shovel it down? No, absolutely not. i got to eat salads. But if, if I didn't eat salads, I'd put a whole ton of weight on. But anyways, that's the Pozzoli salad bowl. It's a mix of chicken, cabbage, radish, cilantro, lime. Okay. And tortillas, strips, tossed in uh, vinaigrette. S- sounds a little dry. Okay, there you go, vinaigrette. Yeah, you get a vinaigrette. Okay, the Southside Horseshoe, the big one. This is the one that the White Sox are featuring at... The MLB Food Fest in New York. Well, I think we talked about that, right? A little bit, yeah, with the cheese and the fries. and. Well, yeah, we've, that, we've talked about the item a little bit, but the MLB Food Fest is in New York next month, and it's two days, and it's all the... You can get a ticket for $25, and you can go, and it's basically a food fest. Like, there's Wing Fest, there's Rib Fest, Station, whatever it may stations be. Stations not sending you out there? No, that. unfortunately not. Might, 25 bucks, that's might, it? Yeah, but I think it's sold out, like, in minutes. Got it. Um... Anyways, every team from around the league has a featured item. And the White Sox are featuring the Southside Horseshoe. 
And this is a new feature because when I had read that, I go, what the hell is that? I've never even seen that at Sox Park before. I had an idea of what a horseshoe was, sort of a central Illinois. It's basically an open face sandwich. And that's what's a little bit unique about it because it's not a Chicago thing. No, but it's still, I guess, an Illinois thing, like a Midwest thing. So you that's, see it? that's so good. it's kind of cool. But Showing anyways, love. Um, a locally made Italian sausage patty served open faced on thick cut garlic toast with jardinier. There's the Chicago flair. Yeah. Hand cut fries and Modelo cheddar sauce. That sounds okay. Wow, that sounds fantastic. Have you ever had an Italian sausage patty? Yes. Uh, th- that's one of the best things. They're awesome. Yeah. They at the at uh, first I thought when I read this it was going to be like crumbled Italian sausage, but it's a full blown patty. That's fantastic. It was really good. I was I like that uh, the most. Um, I could do without the fries. I could do them on the side. But I, I I don't know how anybody this is this is goes back to your convenience the eating and, mm-hmm. and, and you don't want to um, sit there with a fork and a knife and a tray you need a fork game. and a knife and a tray yeah <laughs> but I mean this thing is featured only at club level so you can probably have a seat or a table somewhere to sit but um, very good I don't know how anybody and I, this uh, this is coming for me to eat a whole one of these things yeah how did you try I mean they so had they to have, they had them to have, in fours okay so they were just and a little you just slower. had a fourth of it yeah and I was like damn that's a lot. <laughs> and and you had the knuckleballs. And I had the I had one knuckleball. And I had a uh, Cuban. Okay, and we didn't even get to that yet. Sorry. Sorry, jumping the gun. Well, really, wait, hold on. Yes. One second, the food fest. Ben brought it up before. Did you see the Texas Rangers food fest? Which item? one was the Rangers again? Do you want to take it away, Ben? I had yeah. it uh, <clears throat> they took a giant pickle, giant dill pickle, hollowed it out, Stuck the hot dog inside it and then deep fried the entire thing. Saw that. I'd eat it. Yeah, Josh. <laughs> I'd eat four. That sounds amazing. Oh, you 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 do think that sounds good? Oh, yeah. I could see some people being completely oh, no, disgusted no. by that. Big pickle guy, big corn dog guy. Okay. Yeah, I- I'm in. With What's you. the line from Superbad that I won't say? What is it? So you're gonna say it? Uh, what? Uh, you know what foods are shaped like? You know what? The best kinds. The best kinds. That's not from... What did you say it's from? Superbad. Oh, yeah, yeah. I thought you said Super Troopers. Superbad. No, no. The best kinds. That's everything combined in <laughs> A one. big, veiny, triumphant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. The Cuban burger. Well, maybe we should go to the specialty sausages to segue off of that. <laughs> Johnsonville specialty sausages. Okay, they have three different specialty sausages, and we have like 60 seconds here. They have the slurve, the changeup, and the cutter. Yeah, okay, I'm, I'm glad you brought this up. I wanted to hear So the cutter, this. a Johnsonville, like a Southwestern chorizo, and there's some guacamole on top. The changeup's a Chipotle Monterey Jack chicken sausage with some salsa fresca on top. That was my least favorite of the three because I felt like I was just eating a sausage with salsa dumped on top. Got it. Didn't really work all that well. The cutter was good. It was what you'd expect. Chorizo, the guacamole was nice because you got the hot. I think cool. that, that would be my favorite. This you said you like the, the slurve. The slurve's the best, and I knew the slurve was going to be the best. It's a juicy Johnsonville cheddar beer bratwurst topped with caramelized onions and spicy deli mustard. I mean, that's that's, that's like a perfect specialty sausage right there. That's so I would go the slurve. That's available in section 126 and 535. And then the Cuban burger, a juicy Glenmark all-beef hamburger patty topped with sliced ham, pork, sliced pickles, Swiss cheese, yellow mustard, and uh, some mojo sauce. Sections 113 and 528. I recommend it. I would split it with someone and cut it in half because that's, that's a lot. Is it big? Yeah. It's a big burger. How big? It's oh, oh, the Cuban. I'm sorry. The Cuban burger. Yeah. That was the Cuban burger. That looks fantastic. It does. Um, I don't even think we're going to have time for buried headlines. That's, that's the buried headlines are kind of there as a buffer in case uh, we have nothing else to talk about. Well, we could have went till 3 o'clock, Joe. <laughs> thanks for uh, – uh, okay, what are your corrections, Ben? 
Uh, I got two for you. So the uh, extension on Sox Park, all right, for your Shy Sox Bar and Grill, originally it was TBDs built in 2010, and then they changed and it. Then it was Bacardi and, at the park for a yeah, while, yeah. and then I think it was the Jim Beam or something. Yep, and then Chicago Sports Depot opened November 19th, 2011. Okay. And then uh, after that, uh, Wade Davis, three-year, $52 million three deal, includes a four-year vesting option. Right. What was the number again? 52? Yeah. 52. Got it. But with the vesting option, it could total up to $66 million if he finishes 30 games or more in 2020. Got it. There you have it. Thank you for the corrections, Ben Anderson. He's the producer. Thanks to him for his assistance today. Joe Brand sitting in for the second straight day. Thanks for jumping on, man. This was fun. Thanks for having me. Like good old days, huh? Yeah, today's show flew by. I think it's because we were talking food. Probably. (laughs) Getting hungry. Uh, There's some good interview with Ed Fritz, the uh, high school basketball coach for Clayton Custer and Ped Richardson, Loyola Rambler Stars. Uh, He joined Steve Cochran and Dave Bennett. We played that back. Uh, Subscribe on iTunes. Review, rate. Then unsubscribe, resubscribe, do that whole thing. Google Play as well, WGNRadio.com. I'm Kevin Powell. He's Joe Brand. Thanks for listening. Appreciate it. Adam Hogue will be back on Sports Central tomorrow. Have a great day, everyone.